0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. I am Kelly Birmingham, and this is our podcast. It's a 25-year look across the spectrum, chronicling my actually 28 years in the field of working with children and adults with autism and developmental disability. And as always, I am with my partner in crime, Mom, Jen, mom to Dylan and Ethan. Hi, Jen. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Dylan has a birthday coming up. How old is he gonna be? Twenty-four. Oh my gosh. I have been for 20 of those years. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, like almost (laughs) of my career. Well, we We have a cool podcast today. I think they're all cool. You know, our podcast is designed to talk about the things related to autism and ABA that no one talks about, the real stuff, the practical real life stuff. So our podcast today is called ABA and ADHD from a caregiver and BCBA's perspective. So before I introduce our guest, um, I just want to give our shout out to SitePro, SitePro sponsors us, and they offer a wide range of engaging and practical continuing education courses developed by BCBAs for BCBAs. And if you go to their website, SitePro.com, you can see all their courses, and you can listen to our podcast while you're driving around and get free CEUs. I myself have about, I think, four or five courses on SitePro's website, and Jen, you and I are doing one live in November. So. Go check out SitePro. All right, our topic today. So, we have a colleague, friend, um, mom, Jennifer. Um, Jennifer is mom to her son, Nathan, and she is also a BCBA. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so grateful for you to do this because it's a really like sensitive topic that we're talking about today. And I'm grateful for your willingness to talk with us and share your experiences. So let's just start off a little bit, um, with as much as you feel comfortable sharing about your son and his diagnosis. Okay.
1: Um, well, my, my son is 13 years old and I would say I, I had, um, He's diagnosed with, with, um, ADHD and, um, a couple other things. He has like an eye conditioning head surgery when he was younger. Um, I, and, and anxiety. Um, I would say at a very young age, I realized that he might have ADD. Um, and by young age, he started walking at 10 months and I think he ran just (laughs) Just continuous. (laughs) Like I remember making dinner and he would just run back and forth throughout the, the house. Um, and talking to his doctor and them saying, well, he's too young, but like use DHA, omegas, right? And like yeah. all these different things. Um, at the age of three, uh, we did get him formally diagnosed with ADHD. Um, That's young. It was young. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they actually diagnosed him with oppositional defiance disorder, but it was really just me with me and his dad that he was defiant. Um, mm. Everybody else he, he listened to very well.
0: Um, a lot of doctors will not diagnose that until seven years of age. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say that I, I I didn't really see much of it though. Right. If anything, it was more the attention. It wasn't really the hyperactivity that was a concern at school. He would sit, he would, um, you know, it seemed to be, he was attending, but, um, he did at a very young age, he had he had problems reading um, and I thought it was ADHD. And even as like, I, I, I look back and I was, I get very upset with myself, how frustrated <laughs> I would get. I am a single mom, mm-hmm. so I was like making dinner and you know, he was supposed to be doing homework and he would be underneath the table. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, sit down, do your work, you know? Turns out it was actually the, his eyes. When he was reading, he was reading things backwards um, he was skipping lines. If you asked him what eight plus five was, he would tell you 13, but write 31. Um, and so we did this vision therapy for a couple of years and he, um, he got pretty caught up, right. He can read and, and his, his eyes are are doing well now. Um, yeah. And, and then so around- before,
0: hold on one second. I want to throw some, uh, research out there. So why is this important for BCBAs listening, right? So for a couple of reasons is one, uh, research suggests that between 30 and 80% of children on the autism spectrum also have comorbid ADHD, which Jen will have you talk about a little bit because you had that experience with Dylan, but then also the treatment for ADHD in general, there's two things. If you look it up, it's all it says, medication, behavioral strategies, that's Mm -hmm. it.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. In fact, I did a a five, a five month CEU in which it focused on behavioral strategies and medication.
0: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And for someone like your son who can't take medication, you're left now with behavioral strategies. Right. Right. So so please go ahead. And if you want to continue your, your story.
1: Um, So in around, right before the pandemic hit, we were the doctor's like last appointment before everything closed forever, (laughs) what it felt like forever. Um, We started him on, I can't remember the name of the medication, but I think it was for ADHD and he did not respond well at all. Um, That So within like a week, we took him off. It was was major tantrums. And so it was very off. And so, yes, the pandemic hit, but it was uh, major tantrums. Um, when the pandemic also hit in that first couple months, um, you know, his whole life was turned upside down, like everybody else, Mm -hmm. but he, the, his anxiety, um, went out of the roof to the point I couldn't get him to leave the house. So he became suicidal. He, he refused to leave the house. It was like physically prompting him. It it was pretty bad. It would be like setting his shoes outside, getting getting us outside, and then locking the door. And sometimes he would run around just to try to go for a drive, right? Because I felt like it was important to at least get out for a drive once
0: or twice a week. Then so you were using shaping strategies, right? And different reinforcement strategies.
1: Yes. Yes, I would. I mean, it was, you know, using first, then this Mm -hmm. is what we're going to do. Um, you know, using, trying to use reinforcement, nothing was working at that Mm -hmm. point. So it did then become like a physical and it was off to go do fun things. Right. It was like meeting friends at the park to go walk around. You Mm -hmm. know, it was, it, you know, it was very limited what we could do, but it was off to go do fun things. Um, yeah so during that time i mean it was it was structured it was definitely trying to use a lot of structure during that time but giving him free time um i would say i was really good at no more than an hour of screen time prior to the pandemic and that all went out the window yeah <laughs> you know, like any type of structure like that went out the window yep. um and so it, it did it it at that point it was probably about a month and a half um, and that was the first time that we wound up in the ER um, with the thought of, of looking at like uh, psychiatric hospital care. Wow. Um, we end up not doing that because we could finally see a, a, a psychiatrist. So prior mm-hmm. to that, um, all that was offered during the pandemic was checking in with me like every four to five weeks. So it was just a phone call to check in how things were going.
0: Oh, how stressful. Yeah,
1: yeah, and so maybe it was like a couple months that that I was able to get that help, um, and th- at that point they got him on Zoloft. Mm-hmm. They got him on Zoloft, and we got, um, I think we started off with telehealth meetings with a therapist for him that then moved to in person, um, and then we, um, then we stopped with the therapy because he was doing well. Um, Good. Yeah, and so that was up to like 20, 2021. And, and he did really well. You know, there was modifications I also did at home, right? I stopped watching the news altogether. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He was um, Interesting. Didn't talk about what was going on at all. Um, really trying to limit limit access to those things. Um, he played a lot of Fortnite. I played Fortnite too, <laughs> to
0: bond with him. <laughs> Um, yeah, gosh, limit access right now, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even Great. look at the so, world right yeah,
1: now. <laughs> that that, that kind of can lead into, uh, what happened earlier this year, too. Mm-hmm. After, um, so things, things were going well. I, I would say I, I did, um, I would say I made a mistake at one point. It was probably about a year after, you know, he was doing well, um, I took him off of, of Zoloft. Cause I didn't know there were so many variables, right. That mm-hmm. was occurring. We did happen to move, um, from a house to an apartment in January of 2020. Um, I was in a relationship and that relationship ended. Right. And then obviously the pandemic, which was huge, right. Like That's he fun. loved going to school he, you know, he had friends and everything obviously. Um, and those were huge. So I, I took them off Zoloft and within two weeks, I want to say the anxiety again, would we just went out of the roof. Um, he wanted to sleep with me every night. He didn't want, um, I work out in the morning. He didn't want me to leave to go in the, in the morning. It was, um, definitely it, I could see like he was needing the medication and the Zoloft is meant to help with his anxiety. Mm-hmm.
0: So. so can I, I want to ask you both on this question and I'll take us back, but it's something that as a behavior analyst, I think about all the time. And I, maybe I'm alone in this thinking, Jennifer, so you can tell me if I am, but like Jen, um, like as much as, as a behavioral analyst, I think I can like, everything is related to behavior. I just don't think there's enough training and thought about things that are biologically driven Mm-hmm. Like, neurologically driven, like your son, like you're a BCBA, Jen. You're practically a BCBA, um, Jen Lucero, and like all the strategies in the world, and and I know I've had clients where this has happened. It, ha- Dylan, this happened. Like we could not figure out some of his behaviors, and he was having all these like stomach issues and ulcer mm-hmm. issues. So I just don't think it's talked about enough. Am I crazy? No.
1: I, I think it's not, and I and I think <laughs> I think on the other hand, there's like this push like oh, take medication, it, cure it. And I didn't want to necessarily go that route. Um, Good point. Mm-hmm. But I did like come to the terms and I've come to the terms over over the years too. I've been in ABA for 16 years. I've come mm-hmm. to recognize it like in some participants, like they definitely need medication, but it was really, I guess, hitting home to realize like my son needs this. There's something mm-hmm. chemically, his body's not producing um, the right chemical balance for him to be able to to handle
0: yeah some things so yeah yeah. so go ahead Jennifer we're gonna say something
1: no it was just that's what i was gonna say it was I think it's as a parent too of of accepting that it's 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 hard sometimes you know I think and being a, a BCBA thinking like oh I can just modify the environment I can just do this and realizing that there's something more there so
0: Jennifer, um, when you were talking about this and all of that was happening and um, with the pandemic, was he, you said, you know, he liked going to school and all his friends. were. Was he distance
1: learning during that time that really became rough as well? Or He was doing distance learning. Um, yeah. And, and I guess to throw in a, another variable in this was that he, um, we had moved from, our, our area and moved down South. And so that school year I had actually moved him. So the first year I I kept him in his old school and would just commute and take him. And then I had moved him the year of 2019, 2020. Right. And so I think he didn't have those same bonds too with the kids, Mm -hmm. but he was, he, he would, he would log on. Sometimes it was a fight to get him on, but once he got on, he was, he was good. You know, I think like a lot of individuals, you know, I, I could barely get him dressed though, right? I think he spent like mm-hmm. two months in, in pajamas. Like he just would not change into clothes. He saw no reason to do it. So, my kid
0: will wear pajamas, pandemic or not. As soon as he gets in the house, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was honestly, wearing pajamas. I,
1: during the pandemic, I, you know, put on my work
0: top, but half the time, I was in jammy pants, you know. Same. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, so how how is he now where how did how did it go
1: that went well and we did we did well for a couple years and then he started junior high in sixth grade um and that was officially where they kind of went back to school and it was more more real right so mm-hmm. this was what two years ago and so it was more like back to normal. They were no longer giving the option like, Oh, you can still, you know, join virtually. It was all the kids were back and he went to junior high. And so I think that makes a big change. So even though I, I pushed for him to be back into school at the time, so I did get him back into his old school. And so I would drive right. like midday for two, for him to go to school for two hours and then go back home. Right. Like it was a lot of, <laughs> but um, I felt like it was needed for his, his, um, his mental health. Right. Like he needed that. And then in sixth grade, you know, um, it's a junior high. And so it was a lot more stressors of obviously going from class to class and having your, your homework turned in. Yep. Um, seventh grade is where things became really challenging for him. Um, and at the end of sixth grade, he did have a falling out with someone who was a really good friend of his. And then he kind of took, he's taken on this, um, mentality of not wanting to be close to, 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 to kids his age, I guess, because he doesn't want to get hurt. And so, um, and that continues to be a problem to this day. He has his friends um, that he plays with online and I'm told he has friends at school and he tells me he does. And, and, you know, they tell me, no, he does. He eat lunch, he eats lunch with everybody, but he doesn't really want to hang out with anybody on the weekends or during the summer. Um, so that, that occurred. And then seventh grade, um, during that time, I also, um, took on a more demanding job. We'll just mm-hmm. say longer days. Um, you know, in the ABA, BCBA world, we do work like longer days Long and it, days. it was sometimes like 10, 12 hour shifts, right. Mm-hmm. That I was gone. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot more expectations for him to be independent. He also started water polo that was like
0: five days a week. And so that, which in theory, exercise is highly Mm -hmm. recommended for particularly boys with ADHD.
1: And I would completely agree. I think it's good. I think the problem was I wasn't home all the time to get Mm -hmm. him there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then he was, it was relying on him to look at the time and to get out the door and to get there on time on his bike. And then I would arrange to pick him up. You know, it was things it was mm-hmm. a, a lot of increase of independence on his part and time management. Yeah. Um, and so in seventh grade, he, um, he started really falling behind. He wasn't doing his work. Um, at one point, I think in each class he had anywhere from five to 10 missing assignments. I took off an afternoon just to go from class to class to try to figure out, what wow. what could we get done? Um. I started helping him going through his backpack and that was challenging, right? It's it's mm-hmm. challenging to go through it. And there's like wet papers and crumbs flying out and like me keeping yeah. my cool. Like I'm, when I'm ready to mm-hmm. like, I'm like, what in the world is going on here? But trying to like also realize it's going to increase his anxiety.
0: That's uh, the point research on ADHD that, you know, treatment is medicine and behavioral therapy, but the biggest factors are. Um, homework, particularly mm-hmm. the time management and executive functioning, organizing of it and keeping up with social, social pressures. Those are like the two biggies that come up every time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so during like that fall winter time, um, I did, you know, behaviorally, he was doing well at home. Right. Um, and there's always a history of, I at home, um, I had most of the behaviors. Dad would sometimes get behaviors. He's typical <laughs> dad every other weekend, but it's more me. Isn't that always the way it goes? Always the way. Yeah. <laughs> In school, rarely ever saw them. They, they honestly rarely ever saw them. Like he knew to keep his, his cool there. They were like, at most, he would shut down. If he got really upset and it was more like a social situation, then he would just shut down. Um, but uh, behaviorally he was doing well at home but um so I thought okay let's let's try to address this ADHD you know like it's really academics that he's struggling with and we can yeah. see that yep and primarily last year it was it was math and if you think about it that's like the one class that you have to pay attention step by step mm-hmm. um you know every, like English social studies you can like kind of zone out and then come back and still get the the gist of it but math algebra if you miss that step then you're you're not going to be able to to get the, the you know get it correct um so i i started i spoke to his psych- psychiatrist and we tried um a couple different adhd meds and those were just horrible absolutely yeah. horrible um again anxiety like went out went out of the roof um around the same time he he um was more and more on TikTok and getting more and more into, um, I guess you could call it conspiracy theories, you know, but there was things going on. There was the balloons, right, from China. Yep. Yep. Um, There was, you know, at the beginning of the year, our school district had a couple threats of like shooting up a school, including his Mm -hmm. school directly. Wow. And those were leading into it, you know, so where I am changing the meds on him, trying to figure out what can we do. Um, and then he, um, and he wasn't sleeping at night.
0: So no, we, you know, that Jen, <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, so we, you know, we have a, a regular bedtime and yet, even if I put him, had him in bed by nine, he would sometimes not be asleep till like midnight, one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then getting up for school. So during that time, we, we hit a point where he, it progressively became worse, like over probably about four to six weeks. Um, he wouldn't get out of, wouldn't get out of bed in the morning, you know, where in November it was like, I would have to call him and be like, get up, get up. Um, -hmm. I meaning call him because I I work out in the morning, you know, so I call him when I leave the gym. um, It got to the point that I was having to pull him out of bed and dress him. and how old at this point, um, when you're doing this 13, before he turned 13. Yeah. yeah, 12. Okay. Yeah. So this was, uh, the beginning of this year. So, yeah. So, and you know, he's, he's grown a lot. So at the time Mm -hmm. he was right around my height. Now he's taller than me, (laughs) you know, um, pulling him. Yeah. Pulling him out of bed to get him ready him missing a lot of school, um, him, uh, I guess to, to kind of go back to, at the time he didn't, you know, the last, about a year ago, he didn't have therapy. So I was trying to get him mm-hmm. therapy restarted and really seeking a male therapist and his, um, healthcare provider was, they were projecting out months and I, I was like, no, he needs something now. Like I could, I could see the, it starting to build up. Right. And I was mm-hmm. like, he's really needing something. And so, um, he started therapy probably around like January of this year. Um, but even that was like every few weeks that he was getting it. And so, um, it was building up. He wouldn't, he wouldn't sleep at night. He wouldn't get up in the morning. Um, he wasn't really eating, that well either he stopped eating lunches altogether at school so he wouldn't eat until like two three o'clock when he came home for for no apparent reason like he wasn't telling me why he wasn't Mm. um Mm. but he just yeah and so um at that point he was seeing his therapist when things were starting to become really bad we were seeing his therapist at his medical provider at least I think it was once a week. And then I was really encouraging him to talk to his school counselor. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to be aware, given the fact that before there was a history of like school, not being aware of things that I was really encouraging him to. And so he was, um, he would sometimes go miss the morning to go see his therapist and then goes, need to talk to the counselor at school right after that.
0: Yeah. Um, and- a lot of kids. I've heard this story oh, coming off the mm-hmm. pandemic, you know, kids on the spectrum, kids with high anxiety, ADHD. I have heard so much of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's get to like, where was the worst part?
1: So the worst part was, um, are we
0: there yet? Or got worse?
1: We're, Yeah, we're, we're, we're right there. Um, so on his birthday, I took him to, to BJ's to go eat and he, he refused to eat. In fact, he ended up crying in the booth. Um, we came home Mm -hmm. and it was a six hour tantrum. Um, and by tantrum, like, like him trying to hit me, trying to damage Mm -hmm. things in the house. Mm -hmm. His dad, um, his dad lives about 45 minutes away, came, you know, came in and tried to help support during that, um, Later that week, he, again, um, we went out for a birthday celebration with family and the same thing. He, mm-hmm. he was actually trying to br- break glass in the house um, mm-hmm. and trying to damage. And it was over me telling him to do, basically do one math homework and I will help you with it. And then you can play video games. And that was the trigger to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the trigger then that um, I took him to the ER uh, to look at psychiatric care at that time, um, his dad wasn't fully in agreement. So he had said, let me try taking him. And so I was at my, my wits end, right. Mm-hmm. Everything he was using, all the strategies I was trying to use, um, trying to not get frustrated, but as a parent, as a human, that's really hard not to, right. Cause yeah. again, we long days, um, Yep. you know, sometimes working with, you know, working with a hard population too, where it's very stressful and then coming home to that too.
0: Yeah. It, that was, it, I don't know how you pull that off by the way. <laughs> you both do it all the time. Jen does mm-hmm. the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you just, you almost feel empty at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you know, you, and then you feel guilty about it. Right. Of course. Like, yeah. like, yeah. Um, he was at his dad's house for a few days and that was almost even worse than it's here. And so his dad did agree and so
0: validation, sorry.
1: Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not dad,
0: just you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, not and I think but I think to be honest his dad needed to see that. You know, yeah. we had, mm-hmm. we have been divorced for a while and I don't think his dad really ever got to see that. And and his dad finally like was telling the doctors, "I Jennifer has said this before, but never had I actually experienced it, you know? Um, so Good. in a way, I guess it was better because it helped me and his dad be more like on the same team, I guess, yeah. if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, and so that that second time in a week that we were at the ER, we we admitted him mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that was one of the hardest things. I, I cried, um, but my son also realized it. Um, you know, when they asked him, he said, I, I need help. I need help. Wow. So he realized that he needed the help. Um, and there, he, he was only there for a couple of days. We did, we did pull him out, but they did, they, they went back to the Zoloft that he had been on and, um, and they also gave him clonidine to help sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the, that has honestly helped so much because now he's, he's getting the proper sleep that he needs to. Wonderful. And so, um,
0: as we're sort of closing our time together, um, what kind of place is he in now?
1: He's in a much better place. So we we pulled him out and he did an inpatient therapy. Um mm-hmm. that was like eight hours of of group therapy. Mm-hmm. And then he went to partial and he went back to school a lot sooner than they thought. And Wonderful. he um he has he's doing much better this year. I would say over the summer he matured, you know. Um He's doing much better. He's, he is, um, you know, still, still struggles with being organized, but Mm -hmm. he, I think is realizing that it's okay to also ask for help at school. Um, That's been a challenge too, was him, him communicating to his teachers. Mm -hmm. And um, I think he's becoming more comfortable with that and knowing that he's supported and that like, no one's going to be judgy, I guess on him, Mm -hmm. but
0: yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, I'm going to ask you as we close out two questions, one, and Jen, if you have a question, jump in, sorry. Um, if you could give advice first to BCBAs who might be asked to support a child with ADHD and Jen Lucero, I'm going to ask you to comment on that too. Um, and then, um, also advice to parents. Like if you could like give a little golden nugget first to the BCBAs, what would it be?
1: I think um, you know, depending on on the individual trying to work with with that, that child or adult with ADHD, to seeing what works with them, not necessarily like kind of pushing something onto them, but seeing what's gonna be best for them. Um, and then for the the caregivers that are working with um being flexible and understanding of that and making sure that, that the caregivers also have some outlet or support for it. Um, yeah. And then again, the providing that guidance, but also realizing that it's not always going to work out perfectly.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were to think back on this, like what lessons do you feel like you learned for yourself as a as a caregiver and a BCBA? What lessons?
1: Um, I think... I think, well, for one, I've learned that like, I can't, I can't put too much on my, my own plate, right? Uh-huh. Like I, like, I need to keep everything in balance. Um, and I think also, as as I mentioned, is learning, like, even if in my mind, I'm like, oh, just do A, B and C. That's not how it works for him. And so compromising to <laughs> to give him like that support and structure, but also letting him figure it out on his own way of what's gonna work um and I guess not nagging right I, I nag <laughs> it's horrible like and I realize it but I've also realized that that increases his his um anxiety so it's it's giving it more time I guess you know instead of like every five minutes if it's not been done maybe it's checking in every 20 minutes and, and mm-hmm. good that space to get it done and then at that point then like you know, okay, if we don't get it done now, then there's going to be a consequence, which is you could say like, well, maybe you should do it, you know, immediately. But I also feel like that super strictness doesn't always work for, for mm-hmm. us. Uh, it kind of loses its power. If I'm always like, if you don't clean up your room, you're going to lose your phone, right? I need to mm-hmm. first give them the opportunity to be independent and realize that.
0: Like a little opportunity to like fail too.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm.
0: right? Mm-hmm awesome awesome Jen did I miss anything no I think she nailed it I'm, well, I'm telling you it's like looking in a mirror <laughs> I always would when, when Dylan's harder on Jen than anyone and I always say like oh same with Melanie my stepdaughter she's brutal mm-hmm. to her dad and I and like the nicest person to everyone out so I always say you you hurt the ones you love
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's funny because then other people that are working with our kids, you know, they're like, "Really, they do that?" And <laughs> yep. It almost makes yeah, like you're making. It I'm up. always told that Dylan is like the easiest kid to work with, and like, and I'm like, he is okay, good. I'm glad for you. So yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad you're getting the best version of my kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the end of the day, that's what we want, right? Yeah. I mean, for for them to
0: be comfortable and to get through the day so we can get through our day too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. Wow. I I I there's so many families went through this. So I mm-hmm. hope it's very validating for families. And then BCBA is trying to help the families that are going through this. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you, Jennifer. You thank you. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.